Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Viewership for Game 1 of the World Series is predictably down. That's our lead story for this morning's Buzzcast. Today is Thursday, October 22nd. I'm Abe Madcore. Good morning. Hope everybody's ready to have a great day on this Thursday. The World Series is tied one game each. Next game, Friday night. If you hear a pro Dodger crowd at Globe Life Field, well, there is a reason. Dodger fans are traveling to Arlington to see their team take on the Rays. California accounts for 35% of the tickets sold across the entire series, with 25% from Texas and 10% from Florida. That's according to data from StubHub. And of course, just over 11,000 are attending each game at Globe Life Field. Meanwhile, the Dodgers' victory in Game 1 drew a record low audience of television viewers for a World Series game. That is not a great start to the World Series, but it is in line with other sports ratings that we have talked about on the Buzzcast. Game 1 was seen by an average of 9.1 million viewers on Fox Tuesday night from roughly 8 p.m. to 11.30 Eastern Time. The previous low was in 2008, a Game 3 featuring the Rays and the Phillies in a game that was delayed for an hour and a half, and that got 9.8 million viewers. For comparison's sake, last year's opener, a Nationals win over the Astros, was seen by an average of 12.2 million viewers viewers on a Tuesday night. So you're seeing a pretty consistent 25% drop in a rating. And that is consistent with the other sports ratings we've talked about on the podcast. Really ratings across sports down anywhere from 25 to 50%. Shifting to the NBA, an NBA Board of Governors meeting is slated for tomorrow, Friday. Commissioner Adam Silver will focus on getting next season started on track. This is according to Yahoo Sports. NBA officials are still targeting opening the season around Martin Luther King Day in mid-January. But another big focus for next season has been where will the Toronto Raptors play? You know that travel into Canada has been banned. Remember, the Blue Jays played their home games in Buffalo, and Toronto FC of MLS played its games in Connecticut. So the Raptors are facing another similar issue. And sources tell Yahoo Sports that one alternative location that has been reviewed is Louisville, Kentucky. Now remember, Louisville has looked at the NBA before. They've got a group of of wealthy leaders in that community who would love to have an NBA team, one of which is former NBA player Junior Bridgman, who has been in contact with the NBA about using the KFC Yum Center for the Raptors. So keep your eye on that story. In addition, on the NBA's Board of Governor meeting on Friday, they will discuss the upcoming collective bargaining agreement, competitive formats for next season, and an update on the social justice coalition. A little noted item that you may have missed that was in yesterday's Sports Business Daily that I found of interest. Influential Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy at a virtual prep rally for the Packers on Sunday said that the Super Bowl could be pushed back all the way to March if games keep getting postponed. 
Is this surprising? No, but it is the first time an NFL official has floated the idea that the Super Bowl could be pushed back as many as four weeks into early March, but we know the league is steadfast on completing its season, and they have some ability and some wiggle room to push that title game back. Murphy's the first one to acknowledge it could be pushed back into March. A report today from the New York Post and Andrew Marchand notes that ESPN will move to add content to its ESPN Plus service. It plans to move much of its high-profile feature typewriting and analysis content to ESPN Plus. So what is it doing? It's putting more and more content behind the paywall, looking to boost ESPN Plus. Marchand reports that breaking news will, of course, still be outside the paywall. But again, they are trying to build as much content around ESPN Plus and in order to encourage subscription because they want that subscription revenue for the direct-to-consumer service. And this is a way of doing it, putting some of that content behind the paywall. The Big Ten Network is changing its logo for the first time since its 2007 launch. Of course, can't show you here, but the image is in John Oran's SBJ Media Newsletter from last night. Viewers will see the network rebrand Friday night as the network carries the Big Ten's first football game of the season, Illinois against Wisconsin. It would be good to have Big Ten football back. Meanwhile, John Oran also reported that don't expect significant changes at Sinclair's regional sports network, even in the wake of the news that Sinclair and its creditors are preparing for restructuring of $8 billion in debt. When that news hit yesterday, there was a lot of emails going around about what this could mean for Sinclair's RSNs and might they actually file for bankruptcy. Despite that speculation, Iran notes a number of experts who said that Diamond Sports, which is Sinclair's subsidiary that operates the regional sports network, is not about to file for bankruptcy. So don't expect to see major changes there, despite the restructuring of the debt. Before signing off, I want to give a shout out to Ben Grossman. Ben Grossman, longtime friend of mine. He is a former colleague. He started at Sports Business Daily long time ago. I won't age him, but congratulations. He is joining the ownership group of the new NWSL team in Los Angeles, Angel City FC. We noted yesterday some of the other leaders in sports, media, and entertainment technology who are part of that star-studded group. Now, Grossman is well known to the media circles. He's been a longtime advisor to Fox sports. He's also an investor in Minnesota United of MLS, so good for him. He will join his former Fox Sports colleague, David Nathanson, who was also in that ownership group. And finally, I want to hear from you. Were you surprised to read the news that streaming service Quibi is closing? Boy, is that one of the most high-profile and, I would say, highly touted services of recent to close very quickly. Quibi is holding a conference call with his investors today, according to the Wall Street Journal, reportedly to tell them that they will be shutting down. It was never widely accepted. It was a concept I never fully really bought into nor understood, but the company raised almost $2 billion from major leaders in entertainment and media, and again, they were going with those short-form video chapters, they would call them, and the content never seemed seemed to resonate. It never seemed to get traction with a number of downloads or subscribers, but a very, very high profile effort that seemingly will be shut down very shortly. So if you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear them from you why you think Quibi did not make it. 
I have mine. Love to hear them from you. So that is your morning buzzcast for Thursday, October 22nd. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope you have a great day. Stay well, stay healthy, be good to each other. I'll talk to you on Friday morning. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.